Shalom Mishpocha. Welcome to Kadima Leadership Talks. I'm Rabbi Eric Carlson from Congregation Zion's Sake here in Newport News, Virginia. Today, I want to share with you about holiness. This is one of the core traits we talked about weeks ago, but holiness is a core leadership trait of character, integrity, honor, commitment, and loyalty. Without holiness, none of these others will stand their ground. This is so critical. So many spiritual and worldly secular leaders have fallen because they lacked holiness and succumbed to sin. Ethics and morality in business, in our society, in our world are based upon biblical ethics and morality, which is based upon holiness. Leviticus 11, verse 45, for I am Adonai, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, you're to be holy because I am holy. Luke 11, verse 2, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. Romans 6, verse 22 says, however, now freed from sin and enslaved to God, you do get the benefit of consistent being made holy, set apart for God, and its end result is eternal life. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 2, to God's Messianic community in Corinth, consisting of those who have been set apart by Yeshua, the Messiah, and called to be God's holy people, along with everyone everywhere who calls on the name of our Lord, Yeshua, the Messiah, their Lord, as well as ours. So clearly in these scriptural references, God has called us, both believing Jew and believing Gentile, to be holy. Why? Because Adonai is holy. But what does this really mean? Most of religion today doesn't understand holiness because religion in general has separated itself from the Jewish-rooted olive tree and the kingdom of God. Religion, this is like revisionist history. Religion has attempted to rewrite God's word and make up their own definition of what holy is. This then brings divisiveness and confusion into the greater body because each sect, each doctrine, each denomination has their own understanding and concepts of what holiness is, vice being actually what the word says it is. Holiness is talked about, it's sung about, it's even preached about, but it really isn't understood. Over the millennia, there have been many thoughts and guesses, but not truth, because the foundation has been thrown away. If you remove yourself from the root, you no longer receive the life-giving nourishment from that tree. Some denominations thought that holiness means sanctification, to be set apart from the world. So they designated holiness as what you wore, ankle-length dresses, long sleeve shirts, top shirt button, hairstyles, to name just a few, so you wouldn't look like the world. Some think holiness is based upon baptism. Some thought the body sounded different, so guitars, drums, in some cases all instruments, were prohibited from worship. At one time, Hammond organs were prohibited. Then, there are those who believe that holiness meant avoiding all secular activities and would make don't-do lists, such as don't cuss, don't drink, don't smoke or chew, and don't run with those that do. No movies, no roller skating, no makeup, no cards. The idea being that avoiding these activities makes one holy. There are also those who believe doing good uh, means that you're holy, that a moral or righteous lifestyle will achieve holiness. I'm going to raise some eyebrows now when I share that none of these things I've just mentioned define holiness. Sure, God wants you to live a righteous lifestyle, but righteousness and holiness are two separate processes and entities. The Tanakh and the Brecha define holiness, for God revealed a great revelation of holiness to our Jewish people. Israel was designated by God as a holy nation. In Exodus 19, verse 6, he said, You will be a kingdom of Kohanim for me, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. 
These are the words you're to speak to the people of Israel. So what does God call holy? What's on his mind? Let's see what God says. God states his name is holy. The burning bush was holy. Mount Sinai was holy. The feast days, the Moedim, are called holy convocations. The temple mounts referred to as my holy mountain. He calls Shabbat my holy day. The scriptures, holy words. He calls Israel his holy people. The land, his holy land. The temple, his holy sanctuary. Marriage is holy. Tithing is holy. Your body is holy. The prophets are holy. The temple, his holy sanctuary. I want us to pause and think about this for a moment. Look how Hasetan has perverted what God declares holy. Religion has profaned the very words of God. The Temple Mount is prostituted by a false religion. Religion has written its own holy days vice following God's. People who follow God are under denounced marriage and is under oppressed assault from divorce. And his word is being profaned as well as his name. Daniel 7 verses 25 through 26 records that the anti-Messiah, he will speak against the Most High and try to exhaust the Holy Ones of the Most High. He will attempt to alter the seasons and the law, and the Holy Ones will be handed over to him for a time, times and a half a time. But when the court goes into session, verse 26, he will be stripped of his rulership, which will be consumed and completely destroyed. So going back to what God states is holy, what did we learn from God about holiness? Do we see Sinai and the Temple Mount having some different kind of vegetation from all the other mountains of the world? Do their stones and rocks look different? How about Shabbat? What makes it different from the other six days of the week? Is it dressed differently? Is Shabbat shorter or longer than the other days? Do we keep people out of Shabbat service because they drink, smoke, or chew? What is holiness? Holy is to be exalted, honored, worthy of complete devotion. Holiness needs to be set apart from the ordinary, to be special, separated from the mundane and the average. The first mention of this is in Genesis chapter 2, starting at verse 2. On the seventh day, God was finished with his work, which he had made. So he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. God blessed the seventh day and separated it as holy. Because on that day, God rested from all his work, which he had created, so that it itself could produce. Calling the seventh day holy does not infer that the other six days are sinful, worldly, or bad. As a matter of fact, God, in his own words, called the other six days ketov, which more specifically means they are righteous, they are good. And so I want you to capture this. You can be righteous, but not holy. Six days ketov, they are righteous, but only one day is holy, the seventh day, Shabbat. Another example is in Leviticus 10. God spoke very specific instructions to Aaron to be careful in distinguishing between the holy and the common, the mundane from the special. God orders that the special not be treated as ordinary. It's similar to your good clothes, your best suit, your best dress is reserved for special occasions, events, not for everyday wear. You wouldn't change the oil in your vehicle while wearing a tuxedo, right, guys? Ladies, would you paint the bathroom wearing your most beautiful and expensive evening gown? How many kids are told not to play in their school clothes? Walking in holiness is not about being good or different. It's about showing honor. Holiness is treating special in a special way. If we fail to walk in holiness, his presence will withdraw. This is probably the most critical aspect of this entire understanding of holiness. Holiness is treating special in a special way. 
if we fail to walk in holiness, his presence will withdraw. That was David's prayer in Psalms 51. Oh God, don't let your presence depart from me. Holiness allows his presence to remain with us. Herein lies then a significant problem with the greater body today. There's a grievous lack of the presence of God in the body as evident by the lack of supernatural signs and wonders. Why is that? Because his presence isn't being treated as holy. Where he's not treated as holy, he doesn't stay. He's not treated with honor and majesty. He leaves. Holiness in the general body is off track. God himself ordained certain things holy. An extended list that I previously mentioned, his name is holy, the burning bush was holy, Mount Sinai was holy, the feast days are called holy convocations, the temple mount, my holy mountain, Shabbat, my holy day, scriptures are his holy word, Israel, his holy people, the land, marriage, tithing, your body, the prophets, the temple, his holy sanctuary. These things are connected to covenant principles. If we choose to honor what God himself designated as holy, we enter into a supernatural realm of intimacy and relationship with him. We must create an atmosphere of holiness because out of holiness, again, comes character, integrity, honor, purity, righteousness. Remember, walking in holiness is not about being good or different. It's about showing honor. Deuteronomy 23, verse 14, for Adonai, your God, moves out in your camp to rescue you and to hand over your enemies to you. Therefore, your camp must be a holy place. Adonai should not see anything indecent among you, or he will turn away from you. His presence will depart from you. So let's break some of these out. This is very interesting and will be culturally upsetting to some. Time. Time is holy. Genesis 2 verse 3 says, God blessed the seventh day and separated as holy, because on that day God rested from all his work which he had created so that it itself could produce. Isaiah 58 verses 13 and 14, if you hold back your foot on Shabbat from pursuing your own interests on my holy day, if you call Shabbat a delight, Adonai's holy day worth honoring, then honor it not by doing your usual things or pursuing your interests or speaking about them. If you do, you will find delight in Adonai. I will make you ride on the heights of the land and feed you with the heritage of your ancestor, Yaakov, for the mouth of Adonai has spoken. So this is a covenant principle. Isaiah 56 verses 1 through 7. Here's what Adonai says. Observe justice, do what is right, for my salvation is close to coming, my righteousness to being revealed. Happy is the person who does this. Anyone who grasps it firmly, who keeps Shabbat, does not profane it, and keeps himself from doing any evil. A foreigner joining Adonai should not say, the Lord will separate me from his people. Likewise, the eunuch should not say, I'm only a dried up tree. For here is what Adonai says. As for the eunuchs who keep my Shabbats, who choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenants, in my house, within my walls, I'll give them a power and a name greater than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will not be cut off. And the foreigners who join themselves to Adonai to serve him, to love the name of Adonai and be his workers, all who keep Shabbat, do not profane it and hold fast to my covenant. I will bring them to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all people. 
Interestingly, when you add Shabbat and all the holy convocations of the feast days, it comes to about 10% of your annual time. 10% of your time is holy and is to be dedicated to the Lord. So often we culturally hear this. Well, we have JP time, Jewish people time, and we kind of slough it off and laugh when services are supposed to start at 7.30 p.m. and they start at 7.45, or services are supposed to start at 10 a.m. and they start at 10.15, God is holy, time is holy. To not start your services on time, to not start your meetings on time, is actually dishonoring God. And so we have to move out of this cultural, oh, we're on this people that time, or the people that time, and move into understanding that when God says Shabbat begins at sunset, he doesn't mean sunset plus 25 minutes. He means exactly at sunset. His word means what his word states. And we must honor his word, and we must honor time because time is holy. Next, I want to talk about is tithing. Tithe is holy, Leviticus 27, verse 30. All the tenth given from the land, whether from planted seed or fruit trees, belong to Adonai. It is holy to Adonai. So what we give to God is holy. Malachi 3, verse 10 says, Bring the whole tenth into the storehouse, so that there will be food in my house, and put me to the test, says Adonai, save oat. See if I won't open for you the floodgates of heaven and pour out for you a blessing far beyond your needs. When you don't tithe, and I could do another two-hour teaching on tithe, But the base principle is when you don't tithe, you dishonor God because it is holy unto him. If you're not tithing, you're dishonoring God. And this isn't 100 bucks a week or 50 bucks a week. This is 10% of your gross pay. This is 10% of all income and doesn't include your shalimim offerings and other special things throughout the year. Your tithe goes into the house of the Lord, not into other ministries, not into areas or other people around you. And if you don't do that, you dishonor God. Places are holy. Leviticus 16, verse 2, Adonai said to Moshe, tell your brother Aaron not to come at just any time into the holy place beyond the curtain in front of the ark cover, which is on the ark, so that you will not die because I appear in the cloud over the ark cover. Haggai 1, verses 4 through 8, why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord Almighty says. Consider how things are going for you. You have planted much, but harvested little. You have food to eat, but not enough to fill you. You have wine to drink, but not enough to satisfy your thirst. You have clothing to wear, but not enough to keep you warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Consider how things are going for you. Now, when you go up into the hills, bring down timber and rebuild my house, then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. So here we see people were building luxurious homes for themselves, but neglected the Lord's house. God's provision was withheld from them. King Solomon, David's son, did just the opposite. He emptied the treasures to build God a house, and according to Scripture, Solomon received overflowing abundance. 1 Kings 10, verse 23, so King Solomon became richer and wiser than any other king in all the earth. So the Lord's house is holy. The Lord's temple is holy. Covenant principles. People are holy. Leviticus 20, verse 26 Rather, you people are to be holy for me because I, Adonai, am holy and have set you apart from the other peoples so that you can belong to me. So the covenant principle is outlined in Deuteronomy 26, verses 16 through 19. Today, Adonai, your God, orders you to obey these laws and rulings. Therefore, you're to observe and obey them with all your heart and all your being. 
You're agreeing today that Adonai is your God and that you will follow his ways, observe his laws, mitzvahs, and rulings, and do what he says. In turn, Adonai is agreeing today that you are his own unique treasure as he promised you that you are to observe all those mitzvahs and that he will raise you high above all the nations he has made in praise, reputation, and glory. And that, as he said, you will be a holy people for Adonai, your God. So we see that, first of all, God's chosen people, our Jewish people, are holy because he's called us to be holy. But we're only holy if we observe his laws, mitzvahs, and rulings and submit to him and do what he says. If we don't do what he commands, we are dishonoring God, therefore not treating him as holy. You can understand now how this goes snowballs that we now have entire congregations that believe half the word of God is done away with. Where if they're not obeying God, they're dishonoring God. Where God is dishonored, his presence isn't there. Matthew 10 verse 41 says, anyone who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive the reward a prophet gets. Anyone who receives a Zadik because he's a Zadik will receive the reward a Zadik gets. So Elijah in 1 Kings 17 comes to a widow's house during a famine while she's preparing her last meal with her last morsel of food for her and her son. But Elijah states, feed me first. Why? Because she got this Zadik blessing as according to Matthew 10 verse 41. And when she did so, she saved Elijah herself and her son from famine and death. These principles play out in life, whether you believe them or not. We are called out to be a holy people unto God. But that comes with an understanding of what holiness means, not doctrines written by men, but what God's word specifically states. Because in that holiness, here we have business ethics laid out all throughout Torah. We have interrelational ethics laid out all through Torah. We're told what inappropriate behavior and sexual dysfunction is, all laid out in Torah. So we can't be holy if we're not following God's commands, words, and edicts. Celebrations, the feast days are holy. Leviticus 23, verse 2. Tell the people of Israel the designated times of Adonai, which you're to proclaim as holy convocations are my designated times. This is a Moedim, the feast of the Lord. Convocation, the root word there is kara, which means holy rehearsal. So God has designed certain feasts over the year where we rehearse the coming kingdom. And he says, these are my, not Jewish feasts, but my designated times. And these are holy rehearsals. In Zechariah 14, this is a covenant principle starting in verse 16. Finally, everyone remaining from all the nations that came to attack Jerusalem will go up every year to worship the king, Adonai Sevaot, and keep the festival of Sukkot. Now, we're talking about end-time eschatology here, and we know that in the end, all the nations are going to turn against Israel and Jerusalem. There's going to be a major battle. It would be horrible, but the Lord himself will fight on Israel's behalf, and Israel will be victorious. We see a new heaven coming out, a new Jerusalem coming out of heaven, descending upon this earth, and Yeshua, fully man, fully God, will assume his throne in Jerusalem, the physical throne there in Jerusalem, the heavenly throne that descends upon it, and he will reign this earth. And then every nation, everyone remaining that actually attacked Jerusalem and our people will go up every year to worship the king, Adonai Sevaot, to keep the festival of Sukkot. So all the world, all the nations are going to do this. Verse 17 says, if any of the families on earth does not go up to Jerusalem to worship the king, Adonai Sevaot, no rain will fall on them. If the family of Egypt doesn't go up, if they refuse to come, they will have no annual overflow from the Nile. Moreover, there will be the plague with which Adonai will strike the nations that don't go up to keep the festival of Sukkot. What's so important with these? Because he says they're my holy convocations. When we honor God's calendar, he blesses us.
There's also holiness upon us as individuals, and this is another covenant principle in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 17. So if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and you yourselves are that temple. Now, this brings me back to living holy before the Lord. If we're the temple, if you defile it by overeating, if you defile it with drugs, if you defile it with alcohol or gambling or pornography, you're destroying God's temple and God will destroy that person. So this is imperative that we as people live holy lives because we are the holy temple of Adonai now. We see the fire of God moving from the top of Mount Sinai to on top of the Mishkan, the tabernacle, to the temple that was constructed in Jerusalem, to now being within us. God desires to dwell in us, but to do that, a holy God requires a holy person to live in. If you defile the temple, remember the presence of God departs from you. There's not a greater thing I can stress to you today than maintaining a holy lifestyle before the Lord that he can live within you. And these are all but few examples. What makes these and all these others holy? The presence of God. And how do we get the presence of God? By being righteous, which is purifying oneself to become clean from sin and defilements, to repent before him. Holiness is being special. Israel today is still God's holy nation. Without Yeshua, the unbelieving Jew will face an eternity in Sheol, but the blessings of the holiness still apply in life. And we see God blessing their honor of him. We walk in holiness by honoring what God honors. Do you honor people of God or criticize and gossip about them? Do you honor your spiritual leaders or gossip and criticize them? How about your parents? Do you honor Shabbat and the feast days, the holy convocations? How hard did you try to get last Yom Kippur off of work? Do you treat your own body, the temple of the Lord, as holy? Do you honor your marriage and speak highly of it and and consider it holy? Or do you speak negatively about your spouse and your covenant with them? Do you honor God and his covenant with you and consider it holy? What do you honor? Do you honor a football team, a hobby, a movie star, social media, your vehicle, what do you honor with great respect, reverence, and treat as special? Is it something of the world, or is it what God calls holy? When you walk in God's holiness, vice man-made holiness, and begin showing honor where honor is due, God's presence will invade your life, your family's lives, the congregation you attend, and God will begin to pour out his blessings upon you. The presence of God was what makes us different from the rest of the world. If we walk in holiness, I promise you, you'll begin developing positive biblical character. If you walk in holiness, you'll start living a life of integrity. If you walk in holiness, you'll start walking in purity and righteousness before the Lord. If you walk in holiness, you will be humble before the Lord God. If you walk in holiness, you'll be obedient and submissive and hear the voice of God and say, Hanani, when he calls out to you. If you walk in holiness, God will pour out his blessings upon you supernaturally, and you will be set apart from the rest of the world because the world recognizes holiness. The world will know you are holy. They will know there's something different about you that you're not like everyone else. Mishpacha, set this day, this hour right now to walk in holiness that the presence of the Most High God will live with you and in you. Shalom.